What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. We've got Mock Draft five, five Mock Draft Monday 5.0 coming to get, coming at you guys today. Um, <clears throat> crazy that we're already at 5.0. This is going to be a what would we do mock. I know we kind of left off a little bit of little bit of suspense on the episode last week, um, the regular episode last week, just to kind of gather our thoughts on what we wanted to do and double check that we wanted to do that. But we are going to do what would we what we would do mock. Um, so the way it kind of works is basically. Um, we're up on the clock. Uh, we're going to make the pick that we would want, that we would make if we were picking this selection, if we were the GM. This is not predictive. Um, so, you know, if there's guys on our on our big boards that we are collectively <clears throat> lower on, um, you know, and the kind of the consensus or we're collectively higher on somebody in the consensus, like they may go earlier than you've seen in other mock drafts. But that's just kind of, again, it's what we would do. Um, you know, listen, if I was the GM of the Chargers, which I should be, and I think Brett knows he should be the GM of the Ravens, like, but we're not. But we're going to act as if we are today. Um, before we do that, we're going to get into some big board changes. Um, I've only got two, so I'll kind of go over mine real quick, and then I'll let Brett get into his. Um, little shuffle of the offensive linemen. I previously had um, Broderick Jones at one, Paris Johnson at two, Peter Skronsky at three. Um, move that. Oh, and uh, Darnell Wright was at five. I moved Darnell Wright to four. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. has jumped up to one. We've got Peter Skronsky at two. And then Broderick Jones jumped down to three. Just kind of some explanation there. Um, getting able to watch some bunch of the edge guys. Got a chance to watch most of these guys um, kind of compete at a high level against, you know, the, you know, BJ Ojolari for Broderick Jones. Um, got to watch LVN go up against um, Paris Johnson. And, you know, I think there's definitely some deficiencies in everybody's game. No one's a perfect prospect. But I think Paris has a lot, a lot less room like to improve going into year one. I think his ceiling may not be the highest, um, but it's certainly really, really high. Um, and I think that uh, he's a very good player. He's the best player from day one. There's less projection. Skaronsky move up to two because I think part of it to me, and maybe I should put him in my interior rankings, but he is an all-pro guard, I think. Like he like he's legitimately can be an all-pro guard to me. Uh, I think he could be a service, like he's a starting level tackle. Um, and I think the potential for him to be a really good tackle is there. It's just a little bit of projection. And then with Broderick Jones, mm-hmm. you see it in flashes. And, and I was projecting a lot. And you're still projecting a lot. Um, but you're, I was projecting a bunch with him being my tackle one. Um, and I just kind of going back and watching these guys a little bit more. Um, it just, it's a little too much projection for my, for my flavor. Um, that said, I mean, these guys are also pretty close to my board. Um, Paris Johnson's at 13, Skronsky at 14, and then Broderick Jones at 17. Um, that's kind of how that goes. And then I, I did move Clyde Jacansky up to D tackle two, and he is in my top 25 now. Um, just the things he can do, I think. I was able to watch the L22 tape, and it's much easier to see guys impact have an impact at, at kind of along the front. And um, I think the notion that he's kind of a and, and I even I did it last week on, on the mock. Like I don't know if he's a a three down player. He's definitely a three down player in the NFL. He's very strong. He's really well built for being six feet tall or six one. Um, so I think he can definitely play the run in the at the NFL level. It's I mean no rookie is an every down player except for like you know Jalen Carter at that position, right? But Jalen Carter is a freak, and we've said he's a he's a generational talent. Um, you know, he's on the when he's on the football field. But I think Kalijah, the, the pass rush upside that he brings and the physicality he brings to the game and, and the ability for him to actually play three downs is really big for me. And, I, and there's a lot less projection than with Brian Brzee. I still love Brzee, um, but I did kind of catapult um, Kalijah Kansi up a little bit and put him at 22 on my overall big board, uh, which we will be going over next week. I know mentioned it. We will hit that uh, next week to kind of give a little draft preview. But I will let Brett. Go over. He's got a little, a few more than I do, so I'll let him get into that, and then we'll start the mock today. 
Yeah, I got seven big board or positional rankings changes, so I'm going to go pretty quick. Put Lucas Van Ness as edge five for now. Uh, I had Keon White there before. I put Van Ness there because he's a little younger. He offers a little more. I think his game is more translatable than Keon White. And I just think in the right defense, learning from the right guys, his the rate that he could develop exceeds Keon White, let alone, I think, probably a couple others in my top five as well. Next, I have Luke Whipler as IOL five. Uh, yes, pr- probably, a, probably a true center. I probably have him as, you know, second or third center. I, John Michael Smith's probably the best center in the draft, but I think Whipler's best suited as a center. Hopefully someone takes him uh, to play him as that. I had Cody Mock there. I just think Mock, who also is probably a center, didn't play center at North Dakota State, and Whipler did play in the Big Ten, so that kind of is what did it for me. Um, who's next? Mozzie Smith as IDL4. Um, I watched some Big Ten. I was watching Maryland, and I watched the Maryland-Michigan game again, which obviously Michigan won. Mozzie Smith, um, you know, even though that Maryland offensive line isn't great, uh, probably about an average O-line, Mozzie Smith was dominating, and he was dominating in multiple different facets. And I heard some hype around him recently. And ultimately, I, I had Siaki Ika there, but I just don't think Ika is quite as versatile or proven as Mozzie Smith. Next is the Mozzie's big a, one. Real quick, I'll say Mozzie's up on my – he's, like, next on my list. Of, I've, I've gotten through most of the edge guys. Um, Mozzie's up – like, literally, he's right next on my list after I just finished up Cansey. Um, and then I had kind of had to take a break over the weekend because – Girlfriend's parents were in town, and her family was here for uh, kind of an event she had going on. But Mozzie Smith is next on my list, and I've heard some great things. Obviously, a freak athlete, so I'm really excited to watch his tape. Um, and I think you have put him in here makes me even more excited to get into that this week. But I'll I'll let you finish. Sorry. That's no, all good. Um, now I'll get to the big one last, second to last, is that I did a slight adjustment in my corner rankings. I think it's pretty consensus, no matter who you ask, what the top three corners are in that it's going to be some order of Gonzalez and Witherspoon at number one. And then I'd say 90%, 95% of people are going to have Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State as their corner three. Um, my fourth corner was Clark Phillips. It's now Deontay Banks. Like I said, watching Maryland, I watched a few more games, probably two more games, and I watched probably like 12 drives of Banks. And that really the Maryland team as a whole um, – and then fifth was Ringo. I really, really liked Ringo going into this year. Even, you know, early in the year when they were playing quality teams, obviously all year in the SEC, but he played really well against Oregon. And then kind of after that, it was slowly falling off, if you will, a little bit as the season went. Had a few busted coverages. But at the end of the day, he has the size and athleticism that should translate well. One of those guys that didn't have a ton of production this season, but you're betting on the traits more so. And I think he can be really shape, shaped into a really good corner two, probably in year one uh, for a team. And the big change for me was that on my quarterback board, I switched Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. Will Levis is now my quarterback five, and Hendon Hooker is now my quarterback four, behind Richardson at three, Bryce at two, and CJ at one. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think early on I obviously didn't do it, and – I was kind of thinking about it, but I didn't because, you know, Levis has always gotten a lot of hype from his arm to he he can make different throws that you need him to. He doesn't have quite as much touch as some other guys, 
and he probably has the lowest floor um, just in terms of like comparing like boom versus bust potential. He probably, I mean, Anthony Richardson's up there as well. Um, but Levis is right there with AR. And I'd say that Hooker, he led the country in completion percentage, which was huge. He's playing against really, really good competition, obviously the same that Will Levis was. But even though Hooker had two good receivers in Hyatt and Tillman, who maybe we'll get to uh, today as well, I have something on that. I think that Hooker, even though he's older and, you know, you could say he's more proven because he played with better guys and better line and everything. Having a whatever crazy completion percentage, I think it was like well over 70, regardless of who you're playing with, is really incredible. And I just think he has the tools that I don't think year one he's going to be better than Levis, but I think in the long run he's going to have a more successful and lengthy career than Levis. See, I, I think the opposite. I think I think if I'm picking a guy, it's, again, let's, let's assume health is on everyone's side. If I have to win a game tomorrow, I want Hendon Hooker without question. Without there, there's way too much in my mind to clean up with Levis between the ears, and I think mechanically sometimes there's a little bit of a breakdown. Um, Hendon Hooker is a phenomenal processor, um, and in a class that you know the guys we're talking about, Anthony Richardson's kind of that's what he needs to work on. Only starting a, few, a handful of games and. Um, kind of get a range of, of a guy like, you know, again, AR and Levis who, who don't really do a great job of that. And then you've got a guy like Bryce Young, who is at a Joe Burrow level as a processor coming out and just a such an elite um, dissector of the game, uh, which is which is what makes him so good. Right. And so um, obviously, the you know, I forget what the test is called, but but the, basically the relative IQ test that he took um, super high score. So just in a class where that's the, that's the thing, I, I really like that from Hendon Hooker. Um, and I think that while I think. I think that well, I think in my opinion, Levis has a little more to clean up. Now they both have have work to do under pressure. They both do. Both of them are not great under pressure. But um, I think for me, what's key, and because I've had this thought before, the only thing that keeps Levis at four for me is is the projection. That's got to be part of it, right? Um, but I will say there is some concern, and I, I, there is some upside with Hooker that I think you know. You've got to know what you're getting into. He's probably not a three-contract quarterback. You've got to understand that. So I'll touch on Ringo real quick, and then we'll get going. Um, I, I, I've, I frankly need to go back and look at corners again because I think it's a higher and higher likelihood that the Chargers could take a corner at 21, um, namely being Banks if he's there. But um, you know, with with Keeley, he has three things you can't teach: uh, size, speed, and and mentality. You really can't teach a guy to have a better mentality. You can try. Um, but he plays the game really physical. He's got elite long speed. He's an elite athlete, which you can't teach. So, I mean, he's big. So you, you saw kind of Tariq Woolen kind of be this model of, you know, if you get a guy with 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 size and speed that has that you know plays physical, that's not necessarily technically refined. You can work with that in today's NFL because it's so hard to play corner now, right? As long as you have a guy that can stick with receivers and stick in their hip pocket, um, especially down the field, I think you'll be successful. So um, definitely like that you're getting Ringo back up there. Um, definitely going to maybe go back and watch some more camps. We may just watch some more SEC receivers because, like you hinted it with Tillman and Hyatt, um, the gap is far closer than it seems. And the only thing that's keeping me from putting Cedric Tillman at my number five wide receiver is that I he's he's three full years older than Jalen Hyatt. And I think, in my mind, I think the prospects of what Jalen Hyatt could be getting in a room with elite route runners 
with that kind of trump card speed. I don't care about the 40 speed. I care about how fast he plays and how silly he made the the Alabama DBs look with the speed, with the long speed. The prospect of putting those two things together and getting him in a room with a guy like, I'm going to say Keenan Allen because he's, he's such a queen that everyone goes to. is like the quintessential old head route runner. Even though he's like 31, like he he's a savant at route running. Or like Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Getting him in a room with guys like that would be so advantageous for his games. I think of what he could be. But I think Cedric Tillman's a dog. And in a class with no big wideouts, I think you alluded to it. He could be a first-round pick this year, genuinely. And frankly, if he if he had the the season he had last year, he was fully healthy. If he had it again, we'd be talking about a top 15 player, top 15 pick, even though he's 24. It's just a matter of the health, right? Like it, lower water injuries aren't, aren't great, and the fact that it lingered isn't great. But um, but yeah, I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on that, and then we will we will start the mock here in a second. Yeah, no, not really much on it. It's just tough, like you said, age-wise, because. Tillman has the experience, and he does offer a few different things, one being his size. Um, but Hyatt has the speed. It's just Hyatt's super thin, and yeah, I don't know if you kind of want that as your premium offseason acquisition, technically, unless you make a big move free agency uh, as your acquisition. I mean, very few teams I think it would work out for, one being the Chiefs, just because one, where they're picking – and two, that they already have an X. They have, you know, a few different positions locked up. And what's not a great receiving core, but nonetheless, Hyatt could be there. And yeah. I I just like Tillman more personally, not not as a prospect, but more in terms of like how he could play as a pro because of his experience. Oh, 100%. Even he is older. Yeah, 100%. He translates so much easier from day one. And the other thing is like, you can kind of plug Tillman into an offense that needs a one. Not that he's a – he could be a one. Hyatt's no, – I don't think Hyatt's ever going to be a one at that size. He'd need to put on some serious weight. Um, but the thing, like there are a few teams in the first round that I would love Hyatt. Like the Bills could use Hyatt, right? Like that would make a lot of sense. Um, frankly, the Vikings could make sense too with what they have in Justin Jefferson. Um, the Jags make a lot of sense. The Chargers make a lot of sense. Just a team fit, not you know value. I don't, I don't think – 21, 23, 24, even 26 with the with the with the Cowboys a little early for me. The Bills at 27, and then you mentioned the Chiefs at 31, and even even the Eagles at 30 make a lot of sense for Jalen Hyatt. Um, they need a deep threat, and I think that would make a lot of sense for them. But um, kind of with that said, we'll go ahead and start the mock. Um, I'm up with the Carolina. I'm doing odds this week. Brett's doing evens. Kind of going back to what we started with. Um, what we would do mock. Um, I'm up on the clock at number one, and what I would do is draft Bryce Young and have the New Orleans Pelicans-style celebration in the boardroom. I'd be going crazy that I got Bryce. Um, like I said, Bryce is my QB1. He's the number three player on my big board behind uh, B. John Robinson at one and Will Anderson at two. Um, I think if Bryce was six foot one, he'd be – we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be considering Bryce a generational quarterback. Um, but he's not. He's small, which is, which is a very fair thing to bring up. But between the ears – Bryce is the best quarterback by far in the draft, and I think that Bryce is, um, again, he's on the level that Joe Burrow was coming out as a processor, right? So um, he's really special, and that's not a knock on anybody else in this class. I just, to me, when you're at one, and this is kind of what it sounds like it's, it's going to happen, you to you, I'd rather in this league, as protected as quarterbacks are, I'm going to take the risk on the size to get the best quarterback between the ears and the best processor and the best playmaker of the position. It's plain and simple. I've got a great offensive line in front of him. I've got an awesome left tackle in Ikki Okonu. 
got a guy who can escape. I'm just gonna, I'm going to roll with with Bryce, and if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. I'm going to do my best to protect him and put some weight on him. Um, but I'm going Bryce Young, and I it, did not have to think twice about it at all. Yeah, pretty easy pick, I think. It seems like that's going to be the pick as of now. I don't know if it'll change or not, but I'd say about two and a half weeks out was the point where we knew Bryce would be the first round, first overall pick, if it doesn't change. Now, obviously, things could change, but I'd say it was about a week ago when we found out that the odds shifted and, you know, we knew Bryce would be the favorite now. Like I said, it could change, yeah. but um, easy pick. Now, second overall on the clock, the Houston Texans are on the clock, and there's a lot of different ways they could go here with the pick. I'd say there's three options, one being C.J. Stroud, who many people think is the likely pick, or the likely pick would be whatever quarterback's remaining. Second option being Anthony Richardson. And the third option being Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, the pass rusher. Now, what would I do? I don't know, um, 100% sure, but I th- believe um, what I've heard is Houston likes Bryce better, or li- they like him more than CJ. Um, that probably has to do with you know the offseason test that you mentioned. He got a 98 on, uh, which was very, very high, um, one of the highest scores ever. And the fact that he's proven he's – He's played in less structure, which I think will translate better to a team picking high because likely they're not very good. But both these teams, honestly, Carolina and Houston, they don't have bad offensive lines. Um, they have pieces. Now they could use a few more. Um, you know, they don't have a great O line, obviously, but they're not a bad O line, you know, worst in the league kind of deal. So wherever these quarterbacks go in the top few, like even Indy has a really good O line. And those are probably the first three teams that could take quarterbacks. So all these quarterbacks are going to be in a great um, situation early on, maybe not weapons-wise, but Carolina does have some players that they acquired. Um, Adam Thielen, uh, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst. So if Bryce does goes there, go there, he will have some weapons to deal with. But for second overall, Houston, if they really like Bryce more, I don't know if they want to settle for CJ now because they don't have the roster to put around a quarterback. Their roster isn't complete yet, let alone, you know, 70% complete. They still have a lot of guys that they need to fill holes. And one of their big holes right now is pass pressure. So I'm going to go Will Anderson, pass up on the quarterback. They do pick at 12, but I'm going Will because that'll be a, you know, cornerstone piece of that defense. And I, I think it'll really pay off in the end. And it's a super safe pick for them. I mean, obviously people are going to be upset that they didn't take quarterback, but looking back at it, Assuming Will has the career he's supposed to, they're going to think they made the right pick. Yeah, I, again, it's what you would do. Um, I, I go back and forth on this all the time, and I won't I won't spend too much time so we can kind of keep it going. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the offensive line, is probably set for Houston, um, maybe outside of another guard, maybe. But that's you can find serviceable guards in the vet market and, and in the third, fourth round. Um, and then you look at, Kind of the defense is really ugly outside of Derek Stingley Jr., um, who I think is going to be a, a still a really good NFL player. He didn't have the best, the best rookie year, but it, nobody has a – it's tough when you're in a class with Sauce Gardner and then Tariq Warren has his awesome year in the fifth round. So I, I'm still very confident in um, 
you know, in Derek's England have a good career. But other, other than that, I mean, it's it's not great. Um, they like a, they, they like a couple of guys they've got on that roster, but there's no big names. There's no there's no home run hitter. Um, so I like I like Will Anderson there too. Um, you know, you assume that they've given D'Amico Ryan's kind of this long term security. Um, so yeah, now I'm Arizona and I'm sitting here at three, and the Colts are not wanting to move up. They are happy with CJ. Or Anthony Richardson, um, are there any teams you control that want to move up and get CJ? I've got because I've got one. I've got one in my. It's not one of my teams, but I think there's a team that wants to move up to three right now. And get a right, I was thinking probably Atlanta. I was thinking Detroit. Detroit. When is Detroit gonna get a chance to get a CJ Stroud ever again? Right. With, with this roster, I think they're more motivated than Atlanta. I like the prospect of Atlanta and it, and it would be, it would, it would happen that they would be so out on quarterback and then go, you know, no, no, we're getting to three. Here's my thought though. They're not more motivated than Detroit and they do not have more capital than Detroit. That that's the other thing that comes to mind for me. Detroit's got two first rounders and two second rounders. They'll get it done if they want to get it done. And I think they're to me, if I, I, I want to get out of the pick. I don't want to pick, make this pick if I'm Arizona. But I also still want to get a premium player. And I know if I go by and I know if I go by Vegas at seven, they're going to take a premium defender. And I think it's going to be corner. Again, I think there's two. I I genuinely think if Detroit doesn't pick a quarterback at, at six, they're taking an edge an edge defender or a corner. And then I think I think Vegas kind of picks the other option, right? I I don't know. I also think Detroit's just more motivated. When are they? Okay. It, th- this team's too talented. They don't have they don't have another first round pick next year. They're just they're too talented to be picking here ever again. In a in a in a division that just lost Aaron Rodgers, the the Bears are still an absolute cluster, and the Vikings are going to stick. They, they had a mass exodus of that roster. And you get the vets on that roster. They lost a ton of guys, and the Kirk Cousins era is coming to an end. I I don't think he's there next year. He's a free agent after this year. They've got a lot of question marks, and they're a team that they could target a trade up here in the next five, six, seven picks to get, to get a, the quarterback of the future. But, man, I'm not – if I'm Detroit, like I can win the division this year, but I can also get the quarterback of the future, and I don't want to sit. I don't want to be a sitting duck. Right. No, I agree. Um, so if Detroit wants to move from six to three. It's probably just 81, right? It would be the difference is 600 points, so they'd have to offer probably 48, or they could offer 55 and 81. I'll do 55 and 81. I'll do 48 easily. I the, the Detroit has looked hard at these quarterbacks. I I don't th- I just don't think they're I don't think they're going to be sitting in this situation on draft night with Arizona like everyone knows they want out. It's too early to take CJ or Will or CJ or um or, or or Richardson here. As much as I do think they should take a quarterback, I'm the GM and I think it's it's a year early. I'm gonna be so bad next year. I'd rather just I'd rather just pick Caleb. Frankly, I just I rather you, just yeah. do that. So that's kind of what I'm. That's what I would like to do is just go ahead and move back now. Um, you control Detroit though. You, you control them because I think we both agree that they're going to move up. I was the initiator of I want to move down. 
because Arizona does, and I, I, I want to move down here from Arizona, I can still get a Jalen or a, a Tyree. Um, I, I just I don't want to. I'm gonna get. They need picks so bad. They're awful. They're that right. roster is the worst in the NFL. Um. I mean, I challenge anyone to go look at that look at that Cardinals roster and tell me anyone that they know on that defense outside of Isaiah Simmons. But I'll let you make the pick here for for Detroit. Yeah, it's going to be CJ. Uh, yeah, as it, it should be. We'll see how that pans out in year one with you know Goff. You never really know, um, and obviously injuries do happen. But it'll be a really good pick for him. I think it'll pay off in the long run as well. Obviously, Goff does have a fairly big contract and. I think freeing up that cap space probably in 2024 will be big for them as well when they want to kind of go out and make some big time moves. They do have a good secondary. They really addressed that this offseason, adding uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley. He is on a one-year deal. Um, I think Chauncey and is too. They did just move Okuda, though, in fairness. They did move Okuda. Right. Yeah. But they've got a pick at 18. They they can Getting another pick is a luxury. They can make, can make a pick later. Right. Can make the best pick at 18 for them. Um, but you got you got three picks in a row here, and then I'll have three in a row, just with the way that the trades work. But um, you still you still got to end it here at four as well. Yeah. So at four, Indy first three players are gone that people thought would be gone, just maybe not in this order. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson here. I think they'll go with him. Um, he has the really really high upside. That roster's, I mean, granted the division's really bad, but in the big picture, they're not in a position to contend now. I mean, any roster can contend in the AFC South as it currently stands. Um, but in terms of, you know, winning a playoff game and really making a push, um, they're not in a position for that. And I think they're probably still a quarterback and three or four starters away. Um yeah, so I'm going Anthony Richardson. That'll be three quarterbacks in the first four picks. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's how it's going to go. I think we're going to get some form or fashion of three quarterbacks in the first four, especially if Houston picks Will. There's more incentive for a team to go up to three because I don't think Indy makes the move anymore, but there's more incentive for another. It force, it Basically, it forces the hand of Arizona to go past Indy and get the third quarterback there. So, um I'm up here at the Seahawks, and I'm going to take um, I'm going to take Jalen Carter. Um, man, if if I'm Pete Carroll and I'm the GM, I'm thinking I I can't miss on Jalen Carter's talent. And as much of a and and, I, and listen, I, there are a lot of question marks with them off the field, but I but in my mind, I think I've got I've got really good veterans in that in that room. Bobby Wagner just came back. I really like what Gino does, and, I, and, I, and I'm confident in my head coach. If I, I guess I'm John Snyder. I'm confident in Pete Carroll to get him right, and I'm going to work into his rookie deal. Like there, you know, there, there's not a lot of negotiation that goes on with rookie deals. However, there are situations where they're like, "Hey, we we're gonna put a couple extra clauses in here," and I think Jalen's will have some of those. Like there was a big deal about Marcus Mariota. Like, hey, you can't surf Marcus when he got picked, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, hold up!" Like, dude, you, we can't have you breaking a back. And you know, breaking your vertebrae, surfing, and you're you're a you're a franchise quarterback now. That's not how that works. And so, I think first of all, I think Seattle is comfortable with him. They've taken chances on players in the past, and me personally, like in my mind, I'm comfortable with taking him here. 
knowing how good he is on the field and going, I, I think I can I think I can work with him off the field, knowing that I've got a really a really good head coach, a veteran head coach, and I've got veteran leaders in my locker room to help here. Not to mention they did spend on the on the outside. Um you know, I think they're in a position where they want to win right now. And I think that Tyree has a little bit more projection and they're not known for developing defensive ends and pass rushers. I think he needs to go to a place that that will develop him um, and will kind of get him right. That leads me to my pick at six is going to be Tyree Wilson. I think Jonathan Gannon and the staff that he has is meant to get a player like him on that defensive line. They would have been happy with either one of those two guys. They get Tyree here, and Jonathan Gannon gets an absolute freak of nature to play defensive end for him. And that defensive line staff he brought over, some of them from Philly, get an awesome player in Tyree Wilson at number six here, um, and they keep it pushing. And then I'm up with Vegas again. Or I have Vegas um, here at seven because I've got three back-to-back picks here. This is the first really tough one. I don't think they're going quarterback, though. Um, I wouldn't be taking Will Levis either. I'd be taking – um, Christian Gonzalez, uh, you look across the division and you look at the receivers that are in the division. Um, obviously you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy in, in Denver, um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, potentially a rookie as well. Um, you got some big bodies on both of those two teams and you look at the chiefs with MVS, um, and you kind of look across this, this, the, the league has a lot of big receivers, especially in their division. And I've got to get a big corner that can just match up with them across the whole field. And that, and that's Christian Gonzalez. He's Mike, he's my corner one. um, I believe this is a value right at number seven on my big board. Um, so I, it's a guy I, I got to take him here, right? Um, that's about if I was Vegas, I'd be taking a corner and just saying, I'm going to play much better defense and just get on with it. Now I like those three picks. They all make sense. Three defensive picks back to back to back. Three guys that could really pan out in the long run, as well as having a big year one impact and three teams that need it. Um, Eighth overall pick here, though, is the Atlanta Falcons pick. Will Levis is available. Um, definitely enticing. JSN is also available in terms of all the receivers. Um, obviously, Devin Witherspoon's still available. It's probably between those three guys. What I would do, I would not take Levis here um, because I think they need to see if they're not going for one of the top three quarterbacks, they need to let Ritter really see what that, see what he has for at least for the first half of the season. There's always going to be guys available to pick up and you can play. But really let Ritter see what he can do if you're not getting a Bryce or a CJ or even Richardson. Um, so QB's off the table. Next up, we have Devin Witherspoon which is an intriguing option, but they did address secondary fairly heavily this offseason. They, they addressed defense as a whole fairly heavily. Um, should be a much improved unit. They added Jesse Bates to the back end. They traded for Jeff Okuda. They already have A.J. Terrell. I don't think it would be smart of them to go corner here in the first. Last option, JSN, um, the top receiver in the draft. Out of Ohio State, uh, missed m- most of the season this season due to hamstring and I had an incredible 2021 um, which he had probably I think most receiving yards in college football but it's that's probably going to be the pick what I would do because your offense needs receivers yes you took a receiver in the first last year in Drake London 
And I think they even took a hits in the first the year before when and then the year before that was Terrell in 2019, right? Well, Terrell was 20, uh Pitts was 21, London was 22. Or yeah, I just got the year wrong. Yeah, you you just um, you got the number wrong. Yeah, he had it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, three pass catchers in the top 11 three years in a row as I think London was at 11 last year. Not the smartest move, but I think in terms of what you have on the board available, like I said, corner didn't make sense. You could go Skaronsky, but you just played paid Chris Lindstrom an incredible amount of money. Um, there's no one else that really makes sense here in terms of the big picture uh, if you're not going quarterback. So I'm going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba at eight. I like it. Um, listen, if they want to make Ritter's life, if they want to go with Ritter, it makes his life easier, and you have three awesome weapons. Obviously, two two twin towers in Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and then just a a route running savant in Jackson Smith, the Jigba, a guy who just knows how to find the soft spot. Um, I believe Steve Smith Jr. said he only spent three years in college, but got a PhD in route running. And I think Steve Smith Sr. knows what he's talking about. So, and I love JS, and he's both of our wide receiver ones. Um, believe on both of our our boards. I believe he's a top ten player. He's at eight for me. At ten, at nine for you. So we we both love this guy. I'm up with the Chicago Bears here at nine. And brother, this is not a predictive mock. This is what I would do. You know what I would do? I would take Bijan Robinson here because he's the best player in the gosh darn draft. He's the best player in the draft. I don't care positional value, be damned. He's the best player. He is so generationally talented. It's not even funny. And what's what people are overlooking is the fact. I'm gonna get on. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna rant for a second. What people are overlooking is the fact that Bijan Robinson could be an elite slot receiver. I don't think people get that. Like, like, yeah, they just signed. They, they have Khalil Herbert and they just signed Deontay Foreman. Great, run Bijan at slot receiver. He'd be just fine, I promise. And I'll add some some real some realism here, and I'll add kind of some context to why I'm doing this. The bootleg for those that listen to a lot of consume a lot of draft media, the bootleg football boys is a guy named EJ and then Brett Coleman, who's a huge, huge on Twitter, does a lot of film room stuff. The guy is a guru. He's awesome. Um, EJ's a big Bears fan, and he, apparently they like Braxton Jones at left tackle. They like him. They like him enough. They have Cody Whitehair still. They like Tevin Jenkins enough for another year. And here's the, here's the great part of it. I, the interior offensive line class is awesome, dude. It's, it's, such, an, it's such a good group this year. I think it's totally being underlooked is that how good the interior offensive line group is. Well, we're going to have starters picked in round three because that's just kind of how it goes, right? And the Chicago Bears, if that's what they feel like they need more of as interior guys, phenomenal. Let's go draft some interior offensive linemen in the, in the second round. Or if I, feel so, if I feel so compelled where I'm in a division that I feel like I, am an op- I have an opportunity to kind of make a big jump, I've got I've – got, I have basically have three second round. I have Baltimore second rounder. I have 61 from San Francisco, and I have 64. It's my own pick, which is basically a second rounder. I'll move. On. I'll move two of those picks and go get up in the, go get up in, go get up in the first round and take a tackle. Cool. I'll do that. I'll do whatever I need to do. So I'm gonna if I want to run the ball, and that's where I feel like I'm gonna be at my strongest is being able to run the football and have a, have an elite and dynamic and diverse running attack. I'm gonna get the best running back to ever come out of the drafts in Adrian Peterson. Better than Zeke. Better than Fournette. Better than CMC. Saquon. All those guys. Better than all of them. He is better, and I, I will stand firm on that. He's he's the best player in the draft. He's the number one on my board. He's not going to move from number one on my board. That's just how it's going to be. Um, 
And if I'm if I was Ryan Poles, I'd be taking Bijan. And the fact that we've not talked about it, I legitimately think this is a this is this is a like Atlanta too. Atlanta's a huge spot for him that people aren't totally talking about a lot. That's like, well, they could use him. And Ritter's a runner. That makes a lot of sense. So listen, I'm all over it. I'm taking Bijan here. And I think Bears fans, there is people that are upset about taking running back at nine, but he's not Najee Harris. It's not Brees Hall. This guy's generational. He's the best running back to come out since Adrian Peterson, if not before that. It's not like Reggie Bush. So take Bijan. You run the card in, and you are going to give teams hell. Uh, you know, def- you know, give defenses hell. Run the ball. So, um, and you can play him receiver. Like I said, you can run ridiculous triple options with with the running backs you've got. Um, you'd, you'd give defenses a lot of problems. So I'm going Bijan Robinson here at nine. Um, which again, I keep saying it. The NFL is going to draft him higher than people think. There's no chance he gets past. He get, he's a, a, not a top 20 pick. There's just no way. I I would put I put whatever the I'd be putting money on that in Vegas. I just feel so strongly that the NFL. Every people do this every year. We did it with CMC. We did it with with Najee. We did it with ETM. We did it with you know we've done it before. We've done this song and dance every year. Oh running back. Blah, no no no. We're gonna overdraft them. And I don't think this is an overdraft either. But I, I'm telling you right now it's gonna happen. Not not in this pick, but it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna take him. Yeah, I could see it. Um, you know, a lot of GMs are saying that Bijan's probably top twenty pick is what they'd say. And while they can't pin a team to pick him, um, I could definitely see this being a you know a scenario. As crazy as it would be and as fun as it would be to see, um, you know, pan out. I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, but definitely would make sense from Bears standpoint. I, I wouldn't be too upset if I was the Bears. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pick that fills a need and is a big time acquisition there for Chicago and the pick that they acquired in the trade down from Carolina. 10th overall pick here. We have the Philadelphia Eagles with the pick they got from the new Orleans saints last year in a draft pick swap trade deal, uh, that was very dumb from new Orleans. I guess they did that to get Trevor Penning, but whatever. Very dumb. They um, they did a, a guy who didn't play last year. And it was awful. Yeah. Just not a great whatever. Um, Philadelphia Eagles with the 10th pick. We have gone a few different directions in previous mocks. We've gone uh, Brian Branch. I know we had Jalen Carter was there. And what I would do, you're looking at a team that's pretty complete. Their O-line is set for the next two years. Um, at least Devon Witherspoon is here, but I don't know if they go that direction just with the state of their secondary right now. They're not looking for another corner. While he could have a role, I don't think he's necessarily going to be in that defense with a role that you would desire for him to have at the skill level he plays at, being that Darius Slay and James Bradbury were re-signed. I'm going to go Branch again. I think he is the most versatile DB and he can fill that Chauncey Gardner Johnson role and they'll basically have the same defense they did last year. So, um, you know, obviously they lost Hargrave and someone else, but a a great pick for them, I think. And what's maybe not the best positional value pick somewhere to running back, um, with it being kind of a safety slot guy. But yeah, I'm going branch at 10, uh, shelf that defense out a little bit more. And, you know, they lost, I think, Two inside linebackers and two safeties. So 
putting that, um, he can kind of have a do-it-all role in a defense that is going to need it. Yeah, no, Branch is a really good player. Uh, he's, a, I believe, a top 10 player for the both of us, um, or a top 11 player for the both of us. So he, he's really good. Um, he's a guy you plug into a defense immediately, and he's going to have a really high impact. Um, probably the best tackler I've ever seen in college football on tape. The guy missed four tackles in his entire career at Alabama, and he played over like eight, like 1,700 snaps, something like that, which is ridiculous. He missed four tackles in his whole career, which is just – ridiculous um but i'm up here at 11 with the titans um and man it's it's will levis or it's tackle because you're getting the pick of the litter of the tackles and they were so bad last year um receiver maybe but at 10 i'm not taking anybody or 11 i'm taking anybody else they could obviously use corner because the Caleb Farley pick is not going to work out. It looks like um, Witherspoon's still here. Oh man, this is tough. Um, I think they'd really like Skaronsky actually, um, but I think that uh, do they pass on Will Levis if he's here? I don't. I don't think what so. Would I, what would I do? What would I do? I wouldn't draft Will Levis. I, I would draft. Well, what would I do? I would draft Paris Johnson Jr. and get my best five on the field because that guy can play everywhere. So, I would I would pick I would pick Paris and I would say I'm going to give Tannehill a year. If Tannehill doesn't figure it out, either way, I'm letting him go. If I feel like I'm still in a weak division with Indy, that's kind of Indy's going to be breaking in uh, Anthony Richardson, who probably is not going to play year one, probably shouldn't. If I feel like I'm in a division, I can still maybe squeak into the playoffs or maybe squeak through with a win in the playoffs. If if I feel like if I have Jacksonville's number, maybe I can do that. Um, Raves doubling as he can, um, and I want to get the running game going again. I got to get a better offensive line. And guess what? If Tannehill's awful and we're just we're just terrible, we're gonna have a better pick next year. We'll address quarterback later. I don't. I wouldn't draft Will Levis. I just I wouldn't pick him here. I I don't love his game. I'm too concerned about the fact that he's 24, 23, 24 years old and still hadn't figured it out. I know the offense is terrible at Kentucky, but I'm too at 11. Here's the here's the deal. And I heard this kind of broken down to me this way, and I think it's very, very, very accurate. Or it's the way you should do it. You don't pick a quarterback, especially in the AFC, unless you think you can go toe-to-toe and run the playoff gauntlet of any order of any four of these quarterbacks of Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Can he run through all, all he can he run through three of those dudes in a string and get you to a Super Bowl and then probably see a loaded 49ers roster, a loaded Eagles roster with a regular quarterback, Jalen Lawrence. You know what? Throw Trevor Lawrence in that Jack, at Jacksonville in that group, too. Those are five dudes. Frankly, right now, the moment we're sitting here doing this, arguably the five best quarterbacks in the league. You throw Lamar in there if he's still in the AFC. You throw Jalen Hurts in there in the NFC. Can that guy can that guy run through that gauntlet? Even with, even if he's not better, does he have a, a supporting cast to do so? I don't see that with Will Levis ever. I don't see it for him ever in his career. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm like the guys who were talking bad on Herbert when he was coming out because there's plenty of clips of guys just hammering him like I am with Levis right now. Maybe that's how it is. I just don't I don't see it though. He didn't and the thing is he didn't win big games at Kentucky either. It's the other thing. So I wouldn't do it. And you got to be able to run the gauntlet. I'm going to leave it to an NFC team to take him, or I'll let you make the decision here at 12 if you want to do that. But you know how I feel about him. Yeah, no, I was thinking about taking him, but at the same time. Houston's roster is not in a position to draft a quarterback like Levis. Um, they need to draft. Well, if a high- it, listen, 
you don't take Levis at 12. Just, just take just take Stroud at two at that point, right? If you're not right. taking Stroud at two, you're not taking a quarterback at 12. Right. They need to draft a quarterback with a high floor, uh, safe pick that you can trust for at least three years um, and help you build your roster. But, you know, if Houston's committed to this building a roster this year, getting the quarterback next year, then they won't go Levis here. Um, looking at guys that are still on the board, Witherspoon, Skaronsky, all the receivers outside of JSN. Um, in terms of picks that make sense, you're probably looking at a receiver here. If they don't trade out, I don't think someone would want to trade up here for Levis, maybe in a few picks, but here wouldn't really make a ton of sense in terms of just valuing your picks. Uh, I wouldn't go with Witherspoon because they took Stingley high last year. They took Petrie, which he played really, really well. And you wouldn't you wouldn't want to put those two together though and have two just dudes at corner for the next however long in that conference. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's what you would do, but I just to, to me that makes I don't know to me it sounds really good. No, it does. Um, but I just think they probably want to spread out the talent that they're getting. It's but it's way it's what you would do. I don't. It doesn't matter what Demico wants. It's what you would do. Within like 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 man I man I love I love Jonathan Mingo I'm gonna take him at twelve like let's be a little bit realistic but obviously you wouldn't do that there's no there's no guy that we're like astronomically high on where it's like the league has has like a third ranker on like oh man top ten player but it's what you would do right right I'm trying to think here they did get Dalton Schultz in the off season which was kind of flew under the radar but I thought. Pretty good pickup. Um, Tight end does make a lot of sense here, but yeah, if, if they it, the fact that they get Schultz probably puts it off a year, maybe, or they take or they take a developmental guy late, like in round three or four, maybe. Right. I'm trying to think. In terms of receivers, they have Robert Woods, Nico Collins. Um, John, Met, Mechie. John, John Mechie's going to play this year. It sounds like. Well, they did invest a second. I mean, they just invested a high a high pick in him. Right. Hmm, this is tough. Because Zay would probably be the pick if it was a receiver, just in terms of what that room looks like. Um, you know, Nico's like 6'4". He basically does everything Quinn Johnson does. Um, maybe not on the same scale, but nonetheless, same skill set. Um Robert Woods is a Z, and they're kind of missing this do-it-all gadget guy that I think Zay could be. Yeah, if this is the board and they're not trading back, I'm going to go with Zay. You want with Zay? All right, I like it. You're taking your wide receiver three? Yeah, I think in terms of what their offense looks like, it'll be best for... I think think Mechie profiles... Almost the same as Addison for what, it, for what it's worth. So, right. Um, and honestly, Robert Woods too. They they profile very similarly. Um, so I I like Zay there a lot. The Jets are up, and Peter Skaronsky's never here for them. And if I'm if I'm the general manager of the Jets, I'm sitting there and I'm going, it's Witherspoon or it's Skaronsky. Um, and you know what? They've got again. I I've I've harped on how much I love the the, the ILL class this year. 
and they have two. One of their second rounders going to go going to go Green Bay, but they 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 will have a second round pick. Because I think they've got guys who like they've got four guys who can play left tackle and right tackle. AVT can play tackle. They like Max Mitchell a lot. He had a good rookie year when he was healthy. Makai Becton's supposed to be in the best shape of his life. Um, and they've got uh, they still have Dwayne Brown who can play left tackle as well. Probably not there next year, but again, that's that's we don't have we're we're picking for now and in the future, and they're a team they should be picking for now with that roster with getting Aaron Rodgers. Um, I want to check one more thing before I make this pick. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to Von Witherspoon. Can you um, the the do I would pick? Listen, they they would probably pick a ta- like Skaronsky. I would pick Witherspoon. Can you imagine getting Sauce Gardner and like you talk about some physical dudes at corner and Devon Witherspoon and Sauce Gardner on the outside and you can throw DJ Reed or you can throw uh Michael Carter in the slot. I mean, dude, they're in they're in like four two five all the time anyways in that in that in that Robert Sala defense. They're always playing with with a bunch of DBs. Um, not to mention the run support that he has, man, he's so good. So, um, I'm big on Witherspoon. I believe he's, this is a value pick from, from my board. Um, I believe he's at, uh, yeah, he's at eight, nine on my board. Picking here at 13 is awesome for them. So, um, just the, du- the, the duo of Witherspoon and, and sauce, I, I couldn't pass up on it. So I'm going to go with Witherspoon here. Yeah. He's at eight on my board. Um, I really like the pick, and it does make sense for him while you look at the secondary. And yeah, they did take Sauce at four last year in terms of what the board looks like, and like you said, how they want to compete now. Um, they're not a team that normally picks high. That you know, you're trying they to. Just have a lot of, they don't have a lot of holes on that roster. When you look at, they have got a right. receiver room. They've, the O line is they could use an interior guy probably, but they can get that in the second round. And then you look at the like the running back room is really good with Brees. And you look at the defense. I'm not taking a. I would not. I'm, there's no linebacker I'm taking here in 13. I like their. There's no safety I'm taking here. It has to be Witherspoon to me with this board. Maybe it's Van Ness because I love Van Ness and I love Nolan Smith. But they got, I, I like Jermaine Johnson a lot. And just the prospect of getting a blue chipper like Witherspoon. Figure it all out later. Figure the rest out. I like it. Um, 14 here with the Patriots. I think it's a pretty easy pick. I'm gonna go Peter Skaronski. For them, um, you know, just kind of fits the need, super versatile, can play tackle or guard. Um, and that offense is probably tackle. I don't know. Obviously, it's going to depend how, you know, OTAs and training camp go. But either way, I think he's going to be pretty solid. Um, you know, if tackle doesn't pan out, you can always start him at tackle, see how it goes. And then if he's not going great, then, you know, put him at guard and he should be really good for you. So Skronsky to 14. Um pretty realistic pick there yeah i mean it, it's it's what i would do it's what they, the patriots would probably do although god trying to get in the mind of bill belichick is literally impossible um but no that's what i would do as well um man i'm up here at 15 with the packers and i'm very intrigued because when i look at the board i really like i really like van ness i really like kincaid i really like porter I really like Nolan Smith. There's a lot of guys on this board that I love as prospects, and I love that they're here for the Packers as well. And when kind of when I look at their, I look at their board, and I look at what I know what they like. And if I was the GM, I know what kind of what kind of guys that I think fit what I what what my scheme is going to kind of do. Uh, that's something I think about. Like I maybe like if I picked Van Ness over Smith, like you do with Zay, like. Addison's your receiver too, but from a scheme and talent around him perspective, Zay made more sense. So you go with Zay. And, um, 
man, it's tough, dude. I don't love the receiver room that I have right here. I hate the tight end room. I mean, I, I'd be taking Dalton Kincaid here. I, I have to. I would be taking him. Um, I like that I can get another tight end later if I want to get a blocking tight end. I think like, I can find a veteran to do that. Um, I'm going to pick the guy that I think has a, a super high upside, a super high ceiling, and a guy that I think will be Jordan Love's best friend from day one. Um, guys like that who, who can just have these ridiculous catch radiuses and they can catch balls like crazy, which which is what Kincaid does. Um, don't know if he has the best hands in the, in, the, in the class, but when you look at kind of what he can do as a receiver, um, you know, not only getting the kind of the check down bailouts, but then he can do something with it. I love that for them. So a uh, big fan of uh, Kincaid. And if I was, if I was uh Gunta Kunst, I'd be, it'd be like, it'd be a huge middle finger to the face of Aaron Rodgers too, picking up, picking an elite weapon. Like <laughs> you get rid of it would be hilarious, but that's what I would do. I'd, I'd pick Kincaid here. I, I, I get it. They lose a, uh... Robert Tunyon, who was fairly good, but they haven't had really did haven't really had a tight end um, of Kincaid's caliber in a little bit. I think that should pan out well for him there. Um, for presumably Jordan Love as the quarterback, 16th pick here, about halfway through. We have the Washington Commanders on the clock. They do have a good bit Question. of needs. I just want to do this real quick, and I, I don't control this team. You do. Because we, I talked about this. Do you think Lamar is getting traded on draft night still? Because this is this is this is the team he'd go to. I think I am pretty firm in my belief that there is one team out there that would get Lamar Jackson via trade, and it's Washington. New ownership group just got there, is getting there right now. They're 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 going to be happy to spend cash, happy to spend money. He we we he's the place he'd want to be in DC. Like, I, man, it makes it right. East I Coast. don't. But it's but it's if you if you don't think he gets traded on draft night. We won't do this. I just and it's more just for the conversation because I want. I, I said on Thursday we get into kind of the Lamar stuff a little more today. Um, just kind of what you think is going to happen still. Um, and then if if, it, if you do think he's getting traded, because I know you've been pretty high on that, this is where I think he lands. If you wanted to work something out, we could. If not, we'll keep it pushing and we'll just rock it with Lamar going to play on the tag or maybe like he gets like a one year guaranteed extension and he gets full guaranteed money for the season and then he they figure something out during the season, right? Well, I don't know what it looks like, but. You know, right. I do think there is a good chance that Lamar does get traded on draft night. And I didn't see was the commander still like, was it like official official? I mean, it's or, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay. It, they have to go through the official league paperwork now, but right. the league is they've been they've been looking to get Dan Slender out for 10 for over a decade since we were an element since you moved to Texas. Right. They've been they've been looking to get rid of him. They've been looking. So I I think I think they're gonna be they're gonna be in the market. Yeah, I do think it's definitely reasonable. Now, if I'm Washington, what I would do, I think I would see what I have in Sam Howell. Obviously, it would depend on the contract I would have to give Lamar, and the kind of capital I would have to give up to get him and pay him the contract. So. Like I said, I do think there's a chance Lamar does get traded on draft night. That chance did decrease with the signing of Odell. Um, and I think if they make another move, I would say he's not getting traded. Um, if I'm Washington, I'm just going to see what I have in Hal. They're another team that, while they're in the NFC, they're in a good, really good division. Being that the whole division was above 500, I think Washington was 
nine and eight or eight and nine right around there. Um, not a bad season given, you know, what their roster looked like. And I don't think I'm going to trade for Lamar. I'll kind of want to see what I have. Um, and, you know, it doesn't look like Lamar's going to sign a long-term deal this off season. So they could always come back to the table next year, knowing how, how went good or bad. And, you know, maybe even offer Hal in a trade back to Baltimore for Lamar. So they could always come back next offseason and trade for Lamar. Um, so I'm not going to do it here. I'm going to address a need that they have, and it's going to be DB. They need free safety. They need a corner and a slot corner. And I'm going to go Joy Porter Jr., I think we've talked about it a couple times in previous mocks, um, but it just makes a lot of sense fit-wise, value-wise, uh, projection-wise, close to home. I Probably only like four hours from Penn State. I don't know where I actually grew up. I'm assuming around there, but I'm going Joey Porter. I just think if Lamar does get traded, and I do think Washington's one of the front runners if a trade were to be facilitated, at the same time, I'm thinking Lamar's probably – on the Ravens for 2023 and all these teams that are interested can always come back to the table next off season. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like Porter there. If it's a need, they've it seems like they've lacked to address the corner need for a while. So I like to pick a Porter there. I'm up at 17. This has been the easiest pick so far. He's not the highest rated player on my board still. Um, but he's really good. And um, frankly, it addresses my biggest need. And I'm more concerned about getting – I will reach on talent a little bit to get a player that's going to protect Kenny Pickett, and that's going to be Broderick Jones, left tackle out of Georgia. Um, man, I, build, hey, build the picket fence, baby. Build the picket fence is what they've been saying in Pittsburgh. I'm going to do it. You know, I, the prospects of taking the Lucas Van Ness here were, were crazy high for me. The same goes for Nolan Smith. I think that they could benefit hugely from that. Um, but at the end of the day with Broderick Jones still here on the board, um, I love Broderick. I think he's an awesome player I think he's got a, maybe the highest ceiling of the whole group at left tackle. He's just a, such a natural, um, there's some technically, technically, technical kind of refinement that needs to go on in his game. But I think all the tools are in the toolbox plus some, so big fan of Broderick Jones. I'd be, if I was the GM, if I was Mike, Mike Tomlin and company, I'm spraying that card in for Broderick Jones. And again, I'm having a New Orleans Pelicans type celebration because we just got an awesome left tackle to predict Kenny Pickett for the kind of the duration of his career um, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't like it as a Ravens fan. Um, not a pick I'd be too pleased about, but yeah. it is a really, really good pick for the Steelers. I know it's not flashy, um, but much needed acquisition in addition to that offensive line, offense as a whole, really. Um, 18th team or 18th pick here is a team making their second pick of the draft. And the Detroit Lions, with their own pick, traded up from 6-3 to three to get C.J. Stroud in the first part of the draft. Now sitting here in the middle part of the draft, um, they still have some needs to address. One being tight end, um, losing T.J. Hawkinson to a divisional rival in the Vikings. That jumps off the screen to me. Um you know, while they could still get a Z receiver, it's probably either Addison or Mayer for me. In terms of what I would Man, do, I, I think the I think I don't I don't know, I feel like the the receiver need is so overstated for them. Like yeah, they could use one, but 
I mean, yeah. They like do they need a receiver that bad? No, I think it's just more I, so they could use one in the room and kind of solidify. Yeah, no, the, I, no, I know that. I just like like PFF's got receivers their number one need. Like, really? Number one need? I don't know. Right. I, I think it's a little overzealous, but that's just me. No, I agree. Um, I I would say it's somewhat of a need, not to the extent or degree that people make it out to be. Um, but tight end is most definitely a need. And I think I'm going to go Michael Mayer, what I would do. Uh, you know, you got C.J. Stroud. Having Michael Mayer, Amonor St. Brown, um, you know, a fine offensive line. And not sure they have it running back. Um, David Montgomery, did they sign? believe yeah they paid they paid Dave Montgomery but for some reason they didn't pay Jamal Williams um but yeah I'm going Michael Mayer like the, like I think the same make contract sense. by the way the I same money it, ridiculous I, I didn't get that at all um no I, I like that pick for Detroit um certainly when you get CJ Stroud in there it helps to have a receiver or a t- another tight end in there kind of in the pass catcher room if you will um I'm up with the Bucks here at 19 um I mean it's pretty easy. I'm going to, I'm going to take an address. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Nolan Smith, but they, that, that team's pretty, I mean, look at the board. I'm not a big Quentin Johnson fan. I know that are receivers here to me, like that only they need a receiver now. And that offense is not looking to compete. And while they could take a tackle and I think they could, Nolan Smith's too good of a player to me to, to not pick here. Um, looking at how bad the defense is, not diva, the, the kind of the front seven group as to what it was kind of what it is now. It's not great. Um, you look at pass rushers has not been great for them. I think, obviously, I've talked about it a bunch, and, and Joe Tryon showing has not been the player that I thought he would turn out to be. Um, anyway, we, we, in, in the past, like I think we took Darnell Wright in the last mock we did. Uh, we took Bijan Robinson in, in mock 2.0, and then mock 1.0, I believe, we took Anton Harrison. No, we took Nolan Smith in mock 1.0. So I'm sticking with Nolan Smith here. Um, I think he profiles as a guy that they like a lot, kind of an outside linebacker. Um, you know, he's... I mean, he's first of all, he's a freak athlete. Um, I think when you look at what they like in like Shaq Barrett, um, kind of from like a Tampa Bay perspective, I like think this could happen. It's realistic. I, I'd be picking him every time. I think, um, you know, between him and Van Ness for me, and I, and I love both players a bunch. They're super close on my board. Um, with Nolan being at 16 and Van Ness being at 19. Um, and, and I think ultimately the league probably values them higher. Like I think I think both those guys are gone by pick 20. Um, I just that's kind of where they're at in our on our mock today because. There's a lot of teams with offensive needs here that we would take ahead of, of those two guys. But, um, like, man, it, it, when you look at the profile, you look at what he can do. Like, from day one, he's a really good run defender, I think. Uh, kind of gets overlooked in his game. He's as kind of as small as he is. But um, the, pass rush, the pass rush repertoire um, can be built out a little bit for him. But I think the, the athletic traits are so elite that you could kind of play him all over the, all over the front seven um, if you're Tampa Bay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, talked about it before. I think we did it once in the previous mocks, and yeah, one point made a lot of sense for them. Um, so I like it. A guy, you know, coming off the board right about where a lot of people think he will. Twentieth pick here. Got about eleven, twelve picks left. We have the Seattle Seahawks on the clock with their own first rounder. Uh, far exceeded expectations this season with Geno Smith. After many thought they would have a top five pick, um, which they do. It's just. <laughs> Flipped a little bit from what people thought it might be. Um, yeah, I mean, they took Jalen Carter at five, which we've talked about a few different times. This is 
an interesting Will Levis spot. And I thought about, you know, Levis is a guy that I think benefit sitting will help his, you know, ego and his, I think will help him develop with Gino. I don't think Levis is the best quarterback or Gino is the best quarterback for Levis to learn from. But nonetheless, it is intriguing thinking about other options that Seattle could go with here. Um, they address D tackle. They could go receiver. I don't know if they do. They have two really ugly contracts at receiver right now in Lockett and Metcalf. And I think Lockett has two years left, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of a similar um, receiver guy, receiver guy, receiver role to what Addison would have, I think. Um, just in terms of if they both played together, I don't know how you differentiate their roles. Now, you could put Addison in the slot. And while I don't think that's where, that's where he's best, I think. I know. I mean, Seattle hasn't addressed receiver early in a while, so it wouldn't. I think it would be a good pick to go receiver. Because um, just thinking about what else they have, I don't think they really have anybody else in the receiver room other than those two. Am I wrong? No, no, it's it's thin, brother. Like it's like Dwayne Eskridge, which it has not panned out at all. That's right. Him. So. I mean, when when Lockett got hurt, it was like, man, it's DK and nobody else in this team on this roster. And then DK got banged up, and it was the same thing. I was like, man, it's it's ugly when the one of those guys isn't there. And you can you just you can't bet on guys to be healthy like that the whole year, uh, especially at receiver. Yeah, it's thin. Like they're like they're gonna take one, whether it's at twenty or it's in the second round. Like they're taking a receiver. I think it's like pie at some point. Not at five, obviously, unless they want to take JSN, which. I still think it's rich for me at not five with talent on the board on the defensive side of the ball, right. but they'll take, they'll, they'll take a receiver here either at 20 or um, they've got two second round picks, right? They're one of those teams. I believe so. Yeah, they've got two. So yeah, they've got two top 60 picks. So th- they'll, they'll take one at some point. I just don't know where. Then it's thinking about it, how kind of how they could use Addison. Um, it would make sense just based off the two guys won their contracts. They need to bring a guy in on a cheap long-term deal, which every rookie deal essentially. And while having five years of contract control with Addison will allow them to kind of in the long run, think about what they want to do once, you know, mainly log its contracts up. Cause I think DK still has three more years. Um, so I'm going to go Addison kind of help that offense out a little bit. Um, you know, and they probably take quarterback next year if I had to guess. So Addison to the Seahawks at 20. I'm about to get long-winded, brother. Um, Chargers up at 21 here. Uh, Zay's not here. Addison's not here. Kincaid's not here. Mary's not here. Lucas Van Ness is here. Uh, Quentin Johnson's here. Kalijah Kansi's here. Deontay Banks is here. And the list kind of stops there for me. Um. So I'll kind of break down each of these guys. I think Quentin Johnston profiles as their prototypical type of receiver that they like. Um, you know, they like these bigger body guys. I think they're well aware of the fact that they need speed. Um, now it's again what I would do. I have my concerns about Quentin Johnston. Um, I also, if this is this is the board, I wouldn't be taking a receiver. Like I think there are guys in round two they can go get that can address a speed need. Um, 
especially with if, like if Zay was here, I'd be like, man, I'm running the card in for Zay because I love what Zay brings to the table. Um, similarly to Addison, I think he, I really like what he brings to the table as well. It's a little bit of a redundant skill set with Keenan there, but again, I've been pretty outspoken about the fact that I don't think Keenan's a Charger past 2024 or 2023, which I think I'm kind of shifting toward. Maybe it might be Mike Williams, just because it sounds like the Keenan Allen Justin Herbert relationship is that tight that I think that Justin would get some pull. The front office wants to keep him around for a while, but I, I've been pretty vocal about that they need to be forward thinking with this pick they have they has to be a player that's going to impact now and also a forward thinking like hey they're losing they're losing a receiver and an edge net like they're not keeping Cleo Mack next year he's he is going to be cut 100,000 percent they're cutting him he'll be probably be a post June 1 designated cut in April or in early April late late March um and man I just I look at the board and I look at Luis Van Ness. I look at Kalaja Kansi, two two kind of defenders. I'm not. I'm low on Miles Murphy. We kind of talked about that a bunch. Um, so what I would do is pick Lucas Van Ness. Um, I think. Man, I love Van Ness. Man, he's he's probably my favorite. Um, outside of Terry, my favorite guy in this edge group. I just I love what he what he can be. He's just a ball of clay. That's just super powerful. Um, can win with with speed to power. Um. And I think he's versatile as well. I think you look at the the tape, like I've talked about, he lines up, at, you know, head up nose to wide nine, and he can kind of hold his own in the run game. Um, I'll tell you what, he get, he he got Paris Johnson a few times with the bull rush, like more than just two or three. He gave him some fits, and I, I love Paris. Paris is awesome. It was, I wish we would have had more, like front side runs, like front side zone schemes to Van Ness, like running, like literally, like manned up. Um, kind of in the zone, in the, you know, out wide, and it's and it's Van Ness versus Johnson in the run game. I would have loved to see it because Paris is such a mean run blocker. Um, like he's such a finesse guy, but he just sees such a road grader at the same time. Um, would have loved to see it. One of the most fun tape watches I've done was that Van Ness versus Ohio, uh, Ohio State tapes. So um, I'd be picking Van Ness here. I considered Cansey. I, I like Kalaja Cansey. I think I think Brandon Staley would love Kalaja Cansey as well. I think he fits in that room well. That said, I, I I think they have to pick a player that's going to a have an impact. And, and frankly, I'm not betting on Joy Bosa and Cleo Mack to play every single game this year. In fact, I'm betting that they don't play every game hardly at all together this year. I think they're, they're going to both miss some time, just knowing how football goes, knowing how kind of both their careers have played out. Um, so I'm going Van Ness, the heir apparent to what's going to probably be Khalil Mack, um, and a guy who's just. A freak of nature. Um, he's the most beautiful individual in the draft. Like, like I, I don't want my girlfriend looking at him with a helmet off, dude. He is gorgeous. He looks the part, dude. Like Daniel Jeremiah is like, he looks like a Greek god. And bro, he's he look he's a handsome fella. He's a handsome fella, and he's got he's got like ridiculous abs. It's like, bro, are you like competing in men's physique tomorrow, or are you gonna go play football? Like what? You gonna go get a spray tan for the for the for the you know the the bodybuilding competition or are you like playing football today? That that's how I felt like when he was at Iowa it was like, dude, he's yoked. I mean, the guy is a good looking individual. So um, add to the handsome fellows of the Los Angeles Chargers with Lucas Van Ness, and I will allow you to get long winded yourself with the Ravens pick here. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um... Good front offices are fill their needs one year before they become needs, and don't wait until it is a hole to fill it. Um, that's what the Chargers are doing here. I think it'd be really nice um, 
see how that D-line plays next season, assuming they all stay healthy. Just the different packages you could have with those three, um, you know, with those, you know, with picking two of the three also. Um, but the Ravens are up here. What I would do and what the Ravens might do, because I'm just like extremely a value guy, which is why I loved the draft last year, because I feel like every the first four picks that the Ravens made were value picks. Kyle Hamilton at 14. Linderbaum at 25, like those were value picks. Granted, the positions aren't of high value, but they're valuable picks. And when they aren't value, like when the picks aren't valuable, then that's what kind of gets me a little upset. Now, you can talk me into any pick. Like after the pick happens, regardless of who it is, I could end up liking it. We um, we had to do that with 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 uh, Odefe Ole a couple years ago. We it's sitting. In, we did have to do that. Which, right. in fairness, neither was like the way that year. Neither was like them at all. No, I I still don't like the pick. But granted, looking back at the second round of 2021, wasn't great either. So they probably would have missed if they took someone else. Um, I'm not calling Oway a miss, but nonetheless, he has two more years on his rookie deal, and I think he only has like seven or eight sacks so far, which isn't terrible. But you know, you get the point as a first round pick. Um, 22nd pick. In terms of who's on the board, hometown guy Deontay Banks is there at a position of need. Very enticing. Um, I also thought about Miles Murphy, which a little surprising, but while they did take an edge two years ago, Murphy is like a big, versatile D-end that can kind of play a bunch of different alignments, I think. Um, I think he can play all the way down to a three. And he's 6'5". You look at the Ravens' current edge rushers. Um, I want to look this up just to make sure I am correct. Um, okay, maybe not. Maybe I was wrong. Never mind. Um, I don't know. Miles Murphy is enticing in terms of a role, but they did take Ojabo last year, which basically is a first round pick um, this year, essentially, because he didn't play much last year. I think he's better than Owe, and I think I'll start, but they probably wait to address kind of that D end edge rusher in 2024. So I'm going to wait on that. And I'm going to go Deontay Banks here. I think it's probably what the Ravens will do. They always hit on corner, and they don't really ever hit on receiver in the first round. Granted, I think Hollywood Brown, not first-round caliber, but he wasn't a miss per se. And then Rashad Bateman, I think, is really good. Um, still too early to tell. I mean, he was playing really, really well last year before he got hurt in week four. So I think they're going to ride with it. Um, I don't think it would be smart to address receiver early, like at least at 22 with this board with being the top three receivers gone. I don't think it would be smart. So I'd be saying with this board, banks or trade back. Um, yeah, I don't think it would make too much sense to go receiver. I like it, brother. Um, uh, Quentin Johnson, if I was making the pick, it would have been tough to, it'd have been a hard look at Quentin Johnson. But um, with, I mean, with banks there, it feels a need. He's such a good player. Um, he's hard to miss on, I think. Uh, so I like to pick a lot there for you. I've got the Minnesota Vikings at 23. 
this is where I would pick Will Levis. I thought long and hard about taking Quentin Johnson here and just and just figuring out quarterback later. But but at the same time, I don't think that their window is next year. I, I genuinely don't. I think they've got, it's got to be another year for them. They have to be realistic with themselves and say, hey, if we're going to make a run, it's going to be with the guys we got next year. And we've got to start planning for the future. They, if they want to maximize this window that they feel like they have with Justin Jefferson and going to build the offense around him, you've got to start getting a quarterback in there. And I think to, if I was here, as much as I like Hendon Hooker, I'm going to go with, with Levis because I think he's got the higher upside ceiling as opposed to like, I, personally, I think the best that Hooker's ever going to be at 25, 26 years old right now is is Pro Bowl Geno Smith, which which and Geno's a really good quarterback, had a really good year, but Geno's not a top ten top ten quarterback. Geno's not a franchise savior. Geno's not a. I mean, shoot, the the Seahawks were taking a long hard look at quarterbacks, dude. Like, don't don't be shocked if Richardson slides. Like, here, let's say this plays out. Say say you know, Anderson goes at two. Like we had, it goes Bryce and then and then Will, and then no one's people Arizona can't get out. No one wants to pay the price to get out to get a quarterback. They go, okay, we're gonna take Jalen, and then the Colts go, we're gonna take CJ. Do not be surprised if, that the Seahawks sit there on draft night with Anthony Richardson on the board at five, and they go turn the card in for Richardson. Do not be shocked if that's how that plays out, because I really think it could. Um, and maybe we get it next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it next week on our mock. It's gonna be. Try and be accurate to what we think is going to happen. Obviously, we're going to be a few days out when we do it. But, man, I th- I really think that 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 if I'm Minnesota, I've got to take the swing. I've got to take the home. In the NFC, I've got to take the home run swing right now. If if Levis pits, I'm I'm a genius. If he doesn't, I'll 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 figure it out in two years, right? I'll figure it out in two three years. I'm going to get the keep the window open, get the rookie quarterback contract, um. And see what I can do because in the NFC, you know, you don't have to run the gauntlet in the NFC. You've got to beat probably one legitimate superstar team, right? Whereas in the in the AFC, I mean, brother, the gauntlet is so ridiculous. You look at the quarterbacks like when like I named off with assume Lamar's there. I mean, it's it's gonna be Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Lamar, Lawrence. You throw CJ Str- or you throw uh, Richardson in the mix, maybe in two, three years. I mean, it's tough, man. In the NFC, you don't have to do that. So I'm gonna take the gamble on Levis, and th- I mean, and and Vikings fans would hate it, but you gotta start planning for the future at some point. You can't keep kicking the can on the road. You've gotta bite the bullet at some point. No, I agree. Um, that would have been my pick as well. I think it makes sense for them value-wise and for the future-wise, um, knowing that they probably won't do a whole lot more than win the division, um, which is that even that is, you know, up in jeopardy in terms of who else can compete. Probably not the Packers, but you look at the Bears should be good. I don't think they'll be win the division, but the Lions probably be my pick as of now to win the division. Um, obviously, the draft could change that if it doesn't go this way, uh, which it probably won't, but. 24th pick here. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock after very successful season. Um, they went all in last off season and the receivers. And while they were, you know, inflated contracts, it did pay off for them. Uh, they do have Calvin Ridley now as well. Going to be wearing number zero. One of the first players to do that. Um, they do have some needs here. 
tight end, which could be a pick. Um, you look at, hold on, let me see. What do they have for defensive I can line? I for you. If you want to roll down the board, I can I can look for you. Um, because I've got I've got I've got our lads open right now on my phone. Um, Jacksonville's defensive line, it's actually pretty solid. I, I like it. Um, it is uh Roy Robert Harris, uh Devon Hamilton. I'm not gonna try and say his name. Defense tackle that they signed from the Jets. Um, Josh Allen, obviously. Uh, Trayvon Walker. They kind of they kind of they run a three four. So you're you're looking at more of their defensive ends are bigger. They're basically three techs, um, bigger five techs, if you will. Um, I like their D line. I, I don't know if I mean there, there's definitely a guy here that I would look at, just with a kind of I don't know if I call it value, but just where the player he could become when you project a little bit at 24, you can kind of take the swing. Um, they can go a few different directions here. This is a I think this is a very wide open pick. If the ball if the board falls this way. Where most of the receivers and two tight, and the two first round tight ends are gone, depending on how you feel about Washington, it feels pretty wide open to me. Um, even if I was here, like I, if I was on the board right now, I'd, I'd be kind of struggling a little bit. But um, board fell not great for offense for them here, right? A lot of often, a lot of the weapons went early because that's kind of how the league prioritizes things. So I think when looking at you know the needs in the board. Think about where they're at. Collage Cansey is really enticing. Um, it looks like they have edge for now. And think about what else they could do. They could go corner. I know we've talked about that a few times in the past. Um, Cam Smith is there. Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo. Your top four corners are gone. Um, looking at interior offensive line, everyone's there. And they have... And honestly, I'll have many more holes than that, but I never mind. This is what we would do, Ma. Never mind. I was gonna say they're a, they're a team that would reach that like doesn't really care about the board, but they it's what we would do, Ma. It doesn't matter what the board looks like. It's that's a what's a it's a what our board looks like, um, right? And what we would pick. That that'll come into play next week, though. They are a team that does not really care about the board sometimes. If you look at the like the ETN at 22 or 23 or whatever it was, Walker at one, like Josh Allen was picked really high for them. Like CJ, like CJ Henderson was way overdrafted. Like they don't really care what the board says. They just they just pick who they like. Similarly to the Patriots mm-hmm. in kind of like a less extreme fashion, they kind of just pick who they want. So maybe, maybe that works here if you want. There's a guy you want here and they just low on the board, take him. But um, that'll come into play next week, I should say, with the kind of consensus board. Yeah, I think here, looking at what they could do to stay competitive and take further, you know, another good step next year and uh, just progressing as a team as a whole and in Trevor Lawrence's development, I'm going to go with Cyrus Torrance. Um, that's what I would do with the board that's here. Um, I mean, Anton Harrison is there, but is he going to play guard? I mean, I don't think they need a tackle. They like their tackles. and while they could use a He's center, a I'm probably not taking John Michael Schmitz here. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Torrance. I like it. Tor- Torrance is a top 30 player for me. Um, He's a really good player. He's, he's a mauler, dude. And you know what? He 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 makes that team better today. 
Like he, he's a immediate yeah. impact hurt for them. I'm up with the Giants at 25. I, this is easy. I'm taking Quentin Johnson, and I'm loving it. He, he's they, they need a, an X receiver. Like they need him. That is what they need is an X receiver. So I'm. I mean, if, if I'm the Giants, man, I'm I'm sprinting this pick in. Um, and it's short and sweet. We didn't get a lot, a lot of analysis, but they need an X receiver, and he's right there for him. So I'd take him. I will say, I did get a request today from a Cowboys fan to show the Cowboys a little bit of love on the mock. I did hear that today, so I will. I will say let's we'll, – we'll, I will provide some analysis on the Cowboys with the pick. How about that? Yeah, we can do that. Um, you know, thinking about Cowboys here picking at 26 with their own pick, not sure what direction they would go in. seems like they always want to address the pass catcher. Um, you know, I think we've talked about – Darnell Washington in the past. Uh, we've talked about. We have talked about receiver, but I don't think they go in that direction. They do need a guard. Um, you know, Tyler Smith played really well last year, or better than expected at tackle that they drafted him in the first round. Thinking about what they would do, uh, it is a tough pick, but I I I probably go Kalaja Kansi. I like it. I mean, listen, they, they could get better there. Um, the one thing, the, the name I'll throw at you, and and, and it, I, I don't know if you'd pick him here. I know you, I know you like him, and he's top thirty player for both of us. Is Drew Sanders with the with the Arkansas connection? Just see, he can rush the pass a little bit. He can kind of do a lot, but I don't know if they'd pick. I don't know if you would want to pick him here. But I, if if is your pick, I like to pick a lot. I love Kansi. No, oh, yeah, I definitely thought about. That kind of linebacker edge um, yeah. that Sanders is, and I was thought about it, but then I was like thinking about their past picks, and it took me a minute, and I was like, well, they did take Parsons, who kind of did the same thing. Honestly, they moved him to edge after finding out how successful he was, um, and they're pretty filled out there in the linebacker edge department. Uh, they probably go that direction next year, personally, I think, um, but yeah, they could use fair. a D tackle, kind of a guy that could really project well and help take some attention off those edge rushers. Uh, and that's going to be Kalaja Kansi. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like that a lot. Uh, it's another easy pick for me here. Dude. I'm going Darnell Wash, Darnell, Darnell Washington, Darnell Wright, right tackle of Tennessee. I specify right tackle because he is a right tackle. Um, kind of get into it a little bit. Actually, I'll give my analysis on the Kalaja Kansi thing a little bit further. Um, Kansi is a great pass rusher. Like I said, he can play, he can play all three downs. Um, I think he gives you, I think what Dallas kind of had a problem with last year was they had a they had a hard time closing games, and when you look defensively at closing games, a lot of it just meant like you've got to get to the quarterback. You've got to late in the game, you have to get to the quarterback. And college kids, it's not it, listen, it's not like, like a traditional like sexy Cowboys pick, but they didn't make one last year. They picked a guard, a guard prize, which ended up playing tackle and played great ball for him. So kind of Torrance is off the board here. Um, they could take JMS here. Uh, personally, again, it's such a good Iowa class. Just to get a center later, you can get really good centers later in the draft, um, especially in round two this year. Again, uh, edge maybe, but I think again, if you can get Cancy, a guy who can play every single down, um, you've kind of got pass rushers there in, in Micah and, and Lawrence, and I think the way the defense are kind of they, they want to play, I think the 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 tackle, the defense tackle from, from Pittsburgh and Cancy here makes a little more sense. Um, I think receiver would have been considered. I think Darnell Washington would have been considered just the kind of that freak show that he is. But 
Um, it'd be tough, but again, with right here going to Buffalo at 27, I mean, they don't like, they don't like Spencer Brown at, at right tackle. They had Josh Allen was under way too much pressure. They couldn't run the ball at times last year. So I'm going to go down all right. A dude who's big, mean, physical, had great tape against, against Will Anderson held his own better than a lot of guys did. Um, good tape against Brian Brzee as well, especially in the run game. So I'm going to go down all right. And it, it's an easy pick. I know that, you know, they could go with a Jalen Hyatt, like I mentioned earlier, they could go with. So they want a slot and they want to go Josh Downs. I don't hate it here necessarily. You know, they could go with Brian Brzee. They could go with Miles Murphy. They could take, reach for a Will McDonald. And they could reach for another kind of edge rusher. But to me, if I'm here, I'm taking it down all right. And I'm, and I'm hammering the pick and I'm celebrating again, New Orleans Pelican style. And they get, we'll get the lottery for Zion. Uh, Darnell Wright's an awesome player. Uh, he's kind of seen a, a huge surge lately. And I think it's for right, rightfully so. He's a really good player. So 27 here is an awesome spot for him. Yeah, I agree. I like it. Uh, Darnell's a top 35 guy for me. Um, you know, 28 here, we got the Bengals. Thinking about what they could do. They could use a tight end, but I don't really think they'd go after anyone not named Mayer or Kincaid. And they did get Irv Smith for this one year. So they probably wait a year on that. Um, they could use a DB. They lost Jesse Bates. They lost a corner as well. I can't remember. Uh, obviously, they lost Eli Apple. Um, I wouldn't say that's a loss, but... They lost him. Um, Net positive. Right. And I believe Mike Hilton, he's either, he's either gone or last year of his deal. Um, so I'm going to go Cam Smith here, a guy that, you know, probably ends up in the first round. And I think I like the fit as well, too. Um, you know, keeping that secondary. Now, I'm not going to say great, but keeping the secondary where it should be. Um, still need a piece on the back end, but. I think that'll yeah. work out and pan out well for him. I like it. Um, I'm up here with the Saints at 29. What I love about the what I would do mock is I don't have to try and pick what Mickey Loomis is going to do. And what I would do, uh, I'd take Miles Murphy here. Um, again, I, I'm lower. I've been pretty open about the fact that I'm lower on Murphy. I just, it's I struggle to see it sometimes with him. I think he's got a lot of work to do. That said, he's a talented player. Um, he's got a lot of upside. So I'll go Miles Murphy here. Um, felt long and hard about Jameer Gibbs when you were talking about that pick for, with Cam Smith, but because um, Kamara is going to get suspended, it's just a matter of when and how long. He's he's missing games this year. I mean, anyone who saw the video of what happened, like bro is going to miss time. He committed a, a felony. Like it's not even it's felony assault. It's pretty simple. He's going to miss time. So I just don't know when, but he's gonna he's gonna miss time. The league seems to feel like he's gonna miss a bunch of time. So. Um, yeah, it makes sense. But again, Miles Murphy, it's got to be. I've got to go with the edge player here. Um, and they can address running back later in a really deep class. So I'll go Murphy. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, you know, Murphy probably goes a little earlier, but I like it for New Orleans. Um, they always value D line pretty heavily, uh, front seven. Um, but. I think it'll be a good pick for them, and I wouldn't rule out them addressing front seven again later in the draft. Two more picks left, and my final pick, as I'm doing the evens today, Philadelphia Eagles are up. Took Brian Branch at 10. What I would do, I'm not sure, honestly. Um, you know, Thinking about the different avenues they could go down. Jameer Gibbs is an enticing option. Um, mm-hmm. I know 
We've talked about that before, and I think we've had them taking defense and well, we haven't taken defense every time except once and that Addison was there. Um, but that's not the case this time. Leaning towards Gibbs, and I think that'll probably make the biggest difference there for them. Looking at they just really don't have that many holes. Um they don't need O line, they don't need DBs. They don't need D-line for this year, and I just don't really see a pick that would make a ton of sense here for him. Yeah, I like Gibbs, dude. He's he's a really good player. Like I said, he's he's awesome. Um, makes a big difference in year one. It's a nightmare running attack for them, so makes a lot of sense. I think Howie would love it. You know, breaks kind of breaks the mold, but again, it's what you would do. So uh, I like Gibbs there a lot. I'm up with the Kansas City Chiefs at 31, and what I would do. Be picking Stetson Bennett and trading Patrick Mahomes uh, out of the AFC, and I'd be sending Chris Jones to the Chargers and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones to the Chargers for a seventh. Uh, if I was Brett Veach, and I'd also be trading uh, Andy Reid for Brandon Staley, um, but I can't do that, can I? Cash, I have to make cash a pick considerations getting thrown in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw five tool prospect cash considerations in there. Cash considerations. He's he's a five. He was a he's a he's a top ten pick. Top 10 prospect uh, off the field issues, kind of pushing down to 31 here. Uh, five, five tool baseball prospect as well. Top, you know, lottery pick in the NBA. He's, he's a do it all guy, man. He's actually going to play hockey here. Uh, he's going to make a run at the Stanley Cup finals for a team as well. No, um, no, not going to throw cash considerations in there. No, I've got, I actually have to make a good pick for them, which I hate doing. Um, if I was the Chiefs, I look at the pass rush room and I go, man, I've, I've got to be able to rush the passer. You lose Frank Clark, and I know you've got Chris Jones, and I know you picked Carl off this last year, but the pass rush still wasn't very good. And while the, the idea of getting Jalen Hyatt really entices me, I'm not going to reach down the board when I feel like I've got really talented edge players in front of me. And I feel like I can get a diverse edge player as well. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a big end, but Carl, kind of like Carl off this is. Brian Brzee is very tempting to me, as is Anton Harrison. That said, I think I can get a guy who I can play at tackle either in the, via the veteran market or in the second round. Whereas when I look at what I – and I don't think Anton Harrison can play right tackle right now. I think he's a left tackle, and I'm not taking Dewan Jones at 31 right now. I've cooled on Dewan a little bit. I think he's way – he's too slow, and I think he get eaten alive in that division. I think they are a trade-up team for DeWan, though. I think they would aggressively move up the, move up the board for him. That said, um, I, I'm going to pick B.J. Ojolari. I like B.J. Ojolari's game a lot. He's a really good edge rusher, really versatile edge rusher. Um, so I'm going to go with him. Guy who I think <laughs> the most egregious throw, the most egregious and confident pass rush move throw I've ever seen from a college player is the fact that he throws the ghost rush like – three or four times a game it's like dude guys in the league can't even pull that off and you're doing it and pulling it off it's so crazy he's a really special player he's got a lot of upside i'd hate to see him go to kc because i think he would he's gonna be a really good player someday um lots of refine lots lots to get better especially in the run game but ojalari fits what they need um and i think he's a different edge rusher than what they've kind of had in the past and i think he could kind of fit that mold of getting a but I, I like the, I like the idea again. I get getting a speed rusher opposite of Carl Lopps, who's a power more of a technical power rusher, and then obviously Chris Jones, who's just a a freak of nature on the inside. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Um, I'll real quick. 
I can run through one through 31 and then we can get out of here. I'll let you kind of give your final thoughts. Actually, I'll let you do that first. I don't run through the picks because I knew I got out of here pretty soon. So I'll let you give your thoughts. And then um, if you got to leave, I can, I can run through it and close it out. No, I'm good. Um, just thinking about, I thought this was honestly a pretty good mock, a little bit different than the other ones we've done, thinking about what we would do personally. Well, I mean, it's now, perfect because it's what we would do. It's right. perfect. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, mock's it's, perfect. It's what we would do. But at the end of the day, I think some teams would do what we did. And I think yeah. we're going to see, hopefully some of these picks end up being the actual pick and kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit. But um yeah, I think this was a good mock uh, in terms of guys that didn't get picks that maybe should have or would have. Um, Anton Harrison jumps out. Yep. I know Dewan Jones is a guy that's probably a second rounder, but has first round um, possibility. Mozzie Smith's another guy, I think, that could slide into the back end of the first. Um, that's pretty much it. In terms of corners, I mean, Keely Ringo, you know, the top five corners that you thought would go in the first go in the first in this one. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs slides into the first. Ojalari slides into the first. Um, yeah, I mean, not too many surprises in terms of who ended up going in the first. Um, I think we're going to see a tight end and a receiver run on day two. Maybe even a running back run. run. Definitely um, definitely a receiver run on day two. 100%. With Hyatt yeah, still so, here. Like, Hyatt didn't go. Tillman, Downs. Mingo's getting picked earlier because he's so big. Like, it's going to happen. Someone's going to do it. Right. I mean, a lot of guys, there's going to be a lot of offensive playmakers going in round two, let alone day two. Um, so be prepared for that, as I think round one will be mostly defenders. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a good quarterback class. I wouldn't say, you know, great by any means, but it's a good class. And outside of those guys, the offensive draft class as a whole is not great. Obviously, you have one really good running back. A great tight end class, um, but outside of that, it's just not normal. We think it is tight. Tackle class is a little down. IOL class is down. Receiver class down. Um, I disagree on the IOL class. I love this interior class, dude. It's not top heavy, but it's right. Re- I, I think it's really good. Dude. I think it's really good. No, yeah, but in terms of first round potential, I think it is down a little bit. You don't have yeah, that yeah. top well, ten guard that you're kind of talking there, about. There will be less first round grades than normal this year. I agree. I think like usually it's like around. 18 to 24 first round grades for teams. I think the range will be like 14 to 18 this year. It's just, it's just, it's less top heavy talent and it's more depth. Like I've said it before, I think the range, like the talent between pick 20 and 40 is a lesser, it's a lesser variation than 10 to 20. Like pick 10 and pick 20 will likely have less variation. will have more variation in talent than picks 20 and 40. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, it's a deep, it's a deep day two class, put that. Like you're gonna get starters right. on day three at a lot of positions. I don't know if you're hitting a lot of home runs. You're hitting a lot. You're maybe gonna hit a lot of singles. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of homers on this class, if that makes sense. No, for sure. Um, it'll make for you know more fun than usual day two. I feel like at least the past couple of years when we've really been doing it and you know kind of having the watch party, it hasn't been quite as a fun day two as it will be this year. Um, and that doesn't take away from the previous classes. Still fun, nonetheless, to watch the draft. Um, but in terms of what it could be, in terms of team fits, it'll feel a lot more like the first round in terms of implications yep. than it no- than it normally would. Um, even going 100%. into the fourth round, I think we'll think we'll feel, you know, pretty big that there's gonna be some big name guys going in the fourth round that, you know, we'll either be excited about or upset about depending on where they go to. But uh, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I thought it was pretty standard. Not too many. Obviously, Levis falling to 23 is probably notable. Um, Bijan going at nine. Will going at two are probably the big things. Um, but yeah, honestly, not too much really that is, you know, out of the blue or hasn't really been talked about by a few people. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you give the rundown. But I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you look at kind of the things we did here. I, I think me personally, I'm of the belief that Nolan Smith and Lucas Van Ness don't make it to where they made, where they got picked. Um, you know, I think Branch probably goes later than 10. I think the league is pretty low on him. The league is also really high on Miles Murphy. I think all three edge guys that aren't, you know, outside of the top, outside of Tyree and Will, those three edge guys of Murphy, Smith, and the Van Ness probably go earlier than that. I just the league, the league is high on those guys, especially Murphy. Um, Witherspoon making it 13 is interesting, but that that could happen with the size maybe. Um, other than that though, I in that that's that's kind of the beauty in it, right? I think you mentioned it that it's it sets up for an interesting day too. I mean, shoot, I think it's going to be an interesting day one. Like we've been talking about it a lot, and obviously we're. I mean, we're what, like 10 days, 11 days out. I, I can pull up my count, then I'll give you a down to the minute. We're 11 yeah, days, yeah, one update. minute, 10 days, 10 days, 30, 23 hours and 58 minutes. So we're basically right at 11 days out on the nose, yep, basically. Exactly. Um, so like to the minute, we're almost 11 days out. So, you know, it's going to be this. Like, I think we've got a very clear picture of now what's going to happen at the top. I think we know Bryce is going. And I think kind of Houston's this variable and it, it will change a lot. That said, I think we've got a good picture of what might happen at the top. And then I think when you get past, like dude, when you get past like five, it's the wild west. We have no, and then when you get, when you get past 10 brother crap could hit the ceiling, no, I think, dude, could I hit the even, ceiling. I mean, really, realistically, we, we know who could go in the top five, but honestly past one, we don't know. We and, don't know the order. It's yeah. Especially with the trade at three. And then if Houston goes with will, like it's, yeah. we, we, I think we know that the, 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 the first, Roughly the first eight players off the board, maybe we've got a, we've had an idea where I could pick ten guys and go. I bet all eight are of this group of ten or eleven, which I feel like kind of happens every year. We get to this point where like we're pretty comfortable at the top, but man, like I said, you get past eight and ten, eight nine ten, it's like, yeah, like like dude, Tennessee could do a number of things. Houston, to me, Houston at twelve is the first like. I guess take the Jets out of 13 because I'm pretty sure the Jets are you're going to take best defensive player available or tackle. You get the, so take take the Jets out at 13. At 12 down, could be anything. Could be anything. So I think I texted you. I'm waiting for the first like like oh my goodness moment of like oh my god moment of the draft where it's like it just got real like it like it just went out like something happened. We're, it's going to be a very un- like this is probably the most unpredictable first round I've ever I've been around in a few years, uh, like yeah, quite a while. I would I would agree. Yeah, I think looking back 2020, we kind of knew uh, probably a little less certainty just because it was code. We didn't know quite as yeah well about we got how a lot the, less, we got a lot less info on on meetings because guys right. couldn't do it in person. There was no there was no there were no pro days. There there were no there was no combine. It was very or no there was a combine. We didn't get pro days. There was no pro. There were really no pro yeah. days. We really didn't get in-person interviews. Like we got a lot of Zoom meetings, and it was like, hey, this guy had a Zoom meeting with this team. It's like, well, great. Was it formal or not? Like we don't know. So, um, yeah, I think 21 was 20 was a little bit, but we knew the players. 21, I feel like we had a good grasp for what was going to happen. 
Obviously, right. some guys slipped and fell, but the overall, the first-round players were pretty good. I think we had a good grasp on last year the players that were going to end up going um, this year, man. I mean, it's and maybe we'll have maybe we'll have much clearer picture by next Sunday night. Uh, this yeah. time next week, when we're five days out, and I can I can just feel I can hear the commissioner. I can feel him walk into the podium. I can next hear Sunday. the music. A little tune. Dun 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 dun. dun. Oh, I could. I, I mean, yeah. Getting goosebumps. No, I I, I think it's gonna be what the Wild West. Like like I'm sitting here today, and I dude, the Chargers could do. Brother, the Addison stuff could be smoke, creepy, sober. Like I have no idea this year. It's crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, I never know about the Ravens, but by the time they're on the clock, with the yeah, with the time on the clock, at, like I thought I. I always have a good idea. Like last year, I knew it was, I knew it was Kyle Hamilton. I knew it was Tyler Lindebaum in 2020. Yeah. Last year, I knew was, granted, last year was like abundantly clear, I thought. Although I will say, like last year when we got to the clock, I was like, I was terrified that Penning was there. But I had a feeling it'd be like, what, Penning? It was the guys I thought it would be where it could be Penning, it could be Zion, or it could be um, Jermaine Johnson, who ended up going later, but like. I have no idea. I, I still may not know on like, dude, if we get to the, if, if the edges are gone and it's like, if like both tight ends are there, the receivers are there. Like there's like, like, dude, I had no idea what they can do. I hope I know on draft night, but yeah, I have a feeling I'll know just cause I feel like I know the front office pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you don't get anything from the Ravens or anyone around them the whole off season. You never know what they're going to do until they do it. And that's why I kind of have an idea on draft night because they only have so many options when they're up on the clock with the guys that have been taken. Everywhere else, it's just they're saying whatever to put whatever narrative out there that they're going to make whatever move. So it's like you got to take it all with a grain of salt, especially this time of the year. We've wrapped up four day visits for the most part. We have some more, but probably in the next you know four or five days, those will have concluded. Um, most of the teams rounding out their top 30 visits and. Yeah, it'll be full on, you know, I think probably in a couple of days, the Ravens board will be set. They said they normally have it about a week to a week and a half out from the draft. Their board is set. So I gave a couple more days on that and they'll be all looking forward to a uh, first night at uh 7 p.m. Central on April 27th. Looking forward to, we got one mock draft, one mock draft Monday left. That'll be next Sunday. It'll be a collaborative effort. Uh, both of us will be talking about every pick. I don't know if we'll do trades or not yet. I think personally there's going to be more trades in this first round and second round that than we norm than we normally see. Just because I think Agreed. I think I think so too. I think the team's opinions on players will differentiate more so this year than in recent memory. Um, now sometimes we don't do all the trades just for time's sake and for thinking about what we would do on this in this scenario. Uh, but we did have one trade today. Arizona Cardinals trading down from three to six and the Lions trading up to three to acquire CJ Stroud after he fell and the Texans did not select him at two. But yeah, I mean, I think in the first round we see four trades and I'm not talking like just pick trades. I'm talking like with players involved, any trade. And I think any trade to shake up the draft order um, is a good one in my eyes. And I don't think we're going to see too many teams standing still, um, with the pick they have. So it's kind of just my take on it. Um, could change in a week, but I don't think it will. I think we're going to see a fair, fair share of trades and I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I know for sure. I'll get a rundown here and then we'll, uh, we'll head out. Um, at number one, we took Bryce. I took Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers. Um, keeping it simple, sounds like what's going to happen. Uh, number two, uh, Brett kind of made the shocking pick. Started out with Will Anderson going at two to the Arizona to the Arizona to the uh, Houston Texans. Had a trade number three, like Brett just mentioned, with the Arizona Cardinals moving back to six in exchange for pick 48 from the Detroit Lions to get uh, CJ Stroud at number three. Colts go Anthony Richardson at number four. The Seattle Seahawks take kind of take the uh, roll the dice and go Jalen Carter at number five. Uh, number six, the Arizona Cardinals take Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech, our guy. Um, number seven, the Raiders take Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. And number eight, the Falcons took uh, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jaguar from Ohio State. Number nine, I did it. I hit the button. I hit the hot button. I went with Bijan Robinson, running back at number nine out of Texas. Um, best player in the draft to me, going with it there at nine. Number 10, Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. Or I say DB, nickel, nickel, nickel defender. Um, safety corner out of Alabama goes at number 10 to the Eagles. Number 11, the Tennessee Titans took Paris Johnson Jr. tackle from Ohio State. Number 12, the uh, Houston Texans take Zay Flowers, receiver out of Boston College. Number 13, Devon Witherspoon goes to the Jets, uh, corner out of Illinois. Peter Skronsky follows there. Tackle out of Northwestern goes to, or I guess O-lineman out of Northwestern goes to the, pa- the Patriots. Now, Green Bay Packers at 15 take Dalton Kincaid, tended out of Utah. Joey Porter Jr. goes at 16 to the Washington Commanders at a Penn, corner out of Penn State. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers build the picket fence, and they take Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Uh, at number 18, the uh, Detroit Lions go back to the tight end well in the first round. and go Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go with Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia. Number 20, the Seattle Seahawks take Jordan Addison, receiver out of USC. 21, the Chargers uh, went with Lucas Van Ness, edge out of Iowa, kind of play across the line there for him. Number 22, the Baltimore, the Baltimore, Maryland, the Baltimore Ravens take uh, Maryland native uh, Deontay Banks corner out of University of Maryland, keeping him keeping him local, low moving costs, of course. Um, solid pick for them there. Uh, great picks for back to back for us with our with our respective teams. Got to pat ourselves on the back on this mock. Um, oh, yeah, 23 though, I, I'd be we'd both be. This pumping left and right. We'd be excited um, on draft night. 23, though, got Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky, kind of finally coming off the board here, going to the Vikings to be the, the uh, successor to Kirk Cousins. 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars take get some absolute beef in Osiris Torrance, guard out of uh, IOL out of Florida. Um, dude is bringing all the meat, all the beef to the table. Um, I believe he was referred to as Meatball Sub. On a on a podcast recently, we will not get into. You can read between the lines if you like, or go check it out. Um, but meatball sub, Osiris Torres going at 24 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. At 25, the Giants, uh, they take a giant in and of himself, Quentin Johnson, receiver out of TCU. 26, Kalijah Cansey wearing the star on his helmet, going to the Dallas Cowboys, ideal out of Pittsburgh. Shout out Steve for that pick right there, getting you some love with a great player. Um, the Bills at 27 take Darnell right tackle out of Tennessee. At 28, the Bengals take Cam Smith corner out of South Carolina to replace net positive loss of Eli Apple. Uh, at 29, the New Orleans Saints take another athletic edge rusher, big athletic edge rusher in Miles Murphy, edge, edge out of Clemson. Uh, at 30, the Eagles create a, just a monstrosity in the backfield of uh, Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama and just become un- undefendable in the run game. And then at 31, run out the mock. Um, LSU defender or edge defender B.J. Ojolari goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, where he will hopefully never sack Justin Herbert in his entire career. Um, he'll be Justin Herbert will be untouchable 
Um, no, no, no. It's a really good pick there for the Chiefs. Um, that kind of rounds it out. Um, next week, like Brett said, we'll have a, we'll have a collaborative mock, probably a little bit longer, maybe a marathon mock. But again, it's, we're going to try and be accurate, be detailed with our picks. Um, maybe not spend as much time about what we would, what, what the players on the board, what we think will happen, how we think they'll make, kind of go through their process and what they'll end up doing. Um, kind of, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday for a cold seat episode. And um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we get some news for the draft this week. I know we're kind of itching for it, but um, other than that, we'll see you guys on Thursday for a cold seat episode. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Uh, coming down, like we said, just about 11 days exactly until the first pick is made. Um, yeah, really excited about it. I know we've talked about it a ton, even on the regular episode as well. But yeah, hopefully we get maybe like a Rogers trade or something of substance um, before the draft actually kicks off. But yeah, the less that happens before the draft, the more that happens during the draft. So uh, stay tuned and we will see y'all on Friday for the next episode and then Monday for our final mock draft. See you guys soon.